sorry. I was, sorry, I'm looking at a press release that literally just came in. It's from filterby.com. No idea who they are. No idea anything about it. But the reason why I'm bringing it to you right now is because it's literally about what we were discussing, which is about homeownership versus rental. And this ranking puts Charlotte, Concord, Gastonia as number five in homeownership rates in America at 73.3%. Now, again, this is Charlotte, Concord, and Gastonia. 73.3% homeownership rate in 2020 versus four years ago. That's up seven percentage points. Cost of living compared to the national average is about 5.5% lower. Number four is Charleston, North Charleston, Somerville. Number three is Northport, Bradenton, and Sarasota, Florida. Number two, Birmingham, Hoover, Alabama. And number one is Cape Coral, uh, Fort Myers, Florida. That's number one with, uh, what is that, 77%. So it's not that far off. We're only like four percentage. No, not even. What were we here? Yeah, so about four, four points off of the number one. That does sound, that's a little bit of a different message than we've been hearing, right? It's a little bit of a different message. Um, We're going to get into some other stuff here. I just, I thought that was pretty interesting. And so I thought I would share it with you. Let me go over here to, oh, yes. Hello, Dean. What's up? This is not about anything I have discussed today. This is about yesterday's topic. Is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah, sort of, and because they keep bringing it up on the news, they can't let go of your stories. I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's the cross I bear for being a trendsetter. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, a curse, a curse of... Uh, anyway, I don't understand, you know, there was Wonder Woman and there was Superman and Batman, and all of these things sort of celebrated our genderism in the in the day. And, and I understand that inherently now it's it's bad because we didn't include other people but why take away from what has already been established and why not have you know bisexual man or or uh wonder wonder you know trans yeah 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 or, you know as as added you know bring in entirely new characters rather than destroying one character at the expense of another do you want to try to take a guess at your own answer to that question well, no, that's why I called you. Oh, all right. I hadn't thought that far down the road. Actually. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so um, when you are confused by the results that you are witnessing, reassess your assumptions. So your assumption here, I think, is that it would be better to have one's own character rather than to destroy the existing ones, right? Because preserving the existing characters is of value to you. Is that fair? Yeah, well, Superman helped me. You know, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. it somehow empowered me a little bit, uh, you know. Taught you to I don't fly. Know, to strive. Yeah, well, see. that was only once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, taught you to see through things. Yeah. No, so your assumption is that there is value in preserving this icon, and therein lies the assumption that would be incorrect for people okay. for people who are who are looking to change it, right? They, they seek to change it precisely because they seek to destroy it. 
and you are confused by the result you're seeing. And the result is, why are they changing this? Because you're laboring under the flawed assumption that everybody agrees, hey, let's preserve this thing, this icon of value. They don't agree with you. They, they do not see it as an icon of value. They see it as an icon to be destroyed. Yeah, but they're going to end up doing the same thing when they create the new one. They're going to just, you know, destroy, yes. put it in bad light, the old one. So yes. in, in effect, it doesn't solve anything. It just perpetuates it. It, it creates perpetual destruction, which is chaos, which is necessary for La Revolution. So you have to have... You have to have the constant state of chaos for people then to turn to the, the the saviors to say, please make the chaos stop. Okay. Right. And people who are able to pitch themselves as the ones to bring order from the chaos, they will be the ones who are empowered. And they're the ones you got to watch out for uh, usually. But that they're usually the same ones creating the chaos. So there is great power in solving the chaotic situation that people are are uh, trying to get out of, so yeah, why, it's, why don't they look at doing something more creative with their lives? Then, or, I well, creative creativity is more difficult than destructiveness, right? It's far oh, easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's far easier okay. to tear something down than to build it up than to create oh, something that's from my scratch. Wife. <laughs> right, right. Well, exactly. Right, and it's why. Um, you know, small businesses, why people, it's one of the things I learned about small business owners when you talk to them, or even large business owners, if they built the business themselves, the, the times that they always talk about are the times when they were building the business and it took up all of their time and resources and it was the hardest work of their life. But that's always the stuff that they talk about. That's always the most fondest memories they have. And um, there's a reason for that. It's because though that's where the reward is, is so somehow, in that work. Somehow your level of purposeness creates your level of satisfaction, I guess, in a way. Huh? Precisely. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Precisely. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, Dean, I appreciate the call, sir. Um, yeah, that's it. And, and, that's, and some people just prefer to destroy. That's it. There, and there isn't anything else to it. Some people are not happy unless they're miserable. And some people cannot create, and so they destroy. And they, they think that destruction is the only path forward towards improvement. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you have to, you know, burn something down in order to clear it out and make room for something better. No doubt about it. Sometimes it is required. And this, I guess, goes to some of the development stuff we're talking about where they're knocking down houses and putting something else in their place, right? And sometimes that is warranted, but not always. And that's why it's one of the things, you know, that you got right wing and left wing and the American Eagle needs both to fly straight. But there are like there's it is a uh, Jordan Peterson, the uh, the clinical psychologist talks or psychiatrist talks about this, that there are uh, there's a difference between the, the ordered mind and sort of the more chaotic mind. And it's, it's a spectrum. And so you can't you, you don't want to go too far off to the ordered side. You can go too far. Um, and then you become too rigid, you're OCD. And then, of course, the other side of that is too chaotic, right? And the chaotic mind has no order. And that is a recipe for neuroses, anxiety, and all sorts of other things. So you want to find a balance, right? You want to try to find this balance between order and chaos. And so sometimes people are just more interested in the tearing down because it creates the chaos, and that's 
sort of their mindset. And then you have others who are there to preserve and conserve and say, no, let's not rush forward towards the cliff because we, you know, forward just does not automatically mean progress. So let's assess, are these institutions worth being torn down first? Happy Farmer's Day. Here's a story out of the New York Post, not about farmers. Maybe farmers of espionage. Do you hear about this uh, couple arrested? Uh, the guy is a Navy nuclear engineer, and uh, his wife is apparently a member of the resistance. And uh, what are their names? The TBs or Toebies? Tobies? Tweebies? I think is how they pronounce that. Diana Toebie. Toby. How do you pronounce T O E B E E? Oh, maybe it's one of those Tabies. Maybe that's too. Yeah, I don't care. Anyway, Diana and Jonathan reportedly, repeatedly posted in support of the Black Lives Matter movement on several social media pages reviewed by Fox News, including Facebook and Instagram. Sorry, she's a member of the resistance. She's been a big supporter. I don't know if he's got much of a social media profile. On Twitter, there's an account appearing to belong to her, and she's following several of the resistance accounts. Uh, The account does not appear to have been active in several years. It only had like 26 tweets. But when it was active, the account retweeted criticism of former President Donald Trump, who had been inaugurated just a few days before. Uh, You go over to her Facebook account, and uh, there's a uh, photo of a transgender flag, a profile photo of former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's campaign logo, and various photos supporting the LGBTQ plus community. In October 2016, so right before the election, she uploaded a profile picture that had the words, Women Can Stop Trump, over a photo of herself. Diana and her husband were arrested over the weekend, and uh, they are accused of passing along U.S. nuclear secrets at various drop locations, and she would act as the lookout. The 42-year-old engineer was caught when it turned out that the foreign operative that Jonathan thought he was dealing with was actually an FBI agent. So when they are not busy framing Trump or uh, investigating PTAs, apparently they, they took down the peanut butter sandwich spy. I will explain why I call him that. The feds say he stashed secrets about the country's Virginia-class nuclear-powered attack subs on a blue plastic-coated SD memory card and then sandwiched the tiny device between two slabs of bread slathered with peanut butter. It was a half-sandwich housed inside of a plastic bag, and in that peanut butter half-sandwich was an SD card with uh, info on the uh, submarines. The engineer also allegedly used a Band-Aid wrapper and a pack of chewing gum to help hide SD cards at other times. His dealings started in April 2020 when he allegedly sent a package with Navy documents and information about how to secretly contact him, and he sent it to officials from an unidentified country. We don't know who the country is. I'm not sure who this is. But I do find it very interesting that he offered this stuff to some foreign power And we got it. (laughs) Uh, 
So somebody's working for us somewhere, right? That's what that tells me. April 2020, the FBI obtained the package, and in December, an undercover agent began messaging Jonathan Teeby on a cryptic email service about how he could pass along more documents, according to court papers. So I don't know about you. Look, I've never engaged in espionage, so I don't know how the game is played. I've never had anything that's been really worth uh, you know, going to prison for life for or anything like that. But um, I'm just thinking, for me, if I reached out to a foreign power with a whole bunch of documents in April and I don't hear back until December, what is that? May, June, July, August, September, October, November. So eight months later, somebody contacts me. I'm thinking... This might be a setup. How would you not consider that to be as eight months? These so you offered plans for the Virginia class nuclear powered attack subs, and they took eight months to get back to you. What would what was the excuse there? Oh, sorry, the office isn't staffed because of COVID. Like, what was the explanation for why it took eight months to get back to you? I don't. That's just weird to me. I would be suspicious. I I mean, even more so. Because I'm a pretty suspicious guy right now. That's probably why I'm not cut out for the espionage world. Um, or maybe I am. Maybe this whole bit has just been a cover story. Anyway, the couple was arrested in Jefferson County, West Virginia. has been accused by the FBI of violating the Atomic Energy Act. Did you know such a thing existed? The Atomic Energy Act or as I like to call it, the AEA. So there's that uh, out of West Virginia. Out of Virginia, this is actually a really terrible story. I'm going to go into a lot of the details on this. I was actually going to start the show with this, but I digressed. Loudoun County Schools. Loudoun County Schools. There has been, so what, I mean, you've been paying attention, I think, if you've been listening to talk radio, you are aware of the fight that's been going on in Loudoun County. Uh, it is sort of the epicenter for critical race theory and school board uh, authoritarianism and um, just how quickly uh, a uh, a local election and the makeup of a local community can flip. So there's a really disturbing report that Luke Rosiak did at the Daily Wire and uncovered after, I mean, this has been almost as long this has been since this has been like eight months since june and we are just now learning the details of sort of this uh this avatar of uh of blue collar white guy anger at the school board meetings like the guy that became sort of the the poster child for this we now know his story and it's really disturbing i'll tell you what it's about up next in 1-800-WBT-1110 so uh, this is a piece Luke Rosiak wrote at the Daily Wire, dailywire.com. On June 22nd, Scott Smith was arrested at a Loudoun County, Virginia school board meeting. A meeting that was ultimately deemed to be an unlawful assembly after many attendees vocally opposed policy on transgender students. Okay, This was June. As a result of the viral video showing his arrest, 
Smith became the poster child for what the National School Boards Association has since suggested could be a form of domestic terrorism. In fact, they like this is the image. He is the avatar. He's the poster child. The NC, or sorry, the I keep calling it the NCSBA. It's the NSBA, the National School Boards Association. Uh, they cited his arrest in Loudoun County for why they went to the Biden administration saying, please, please, please investigate all of these people. We hate them. Scott Smith, a white blue collar male who showed up to harangue obscure public servants on his local school board. That was the image, right? Minutes before his arrest at the school board meeting, the Loudoun County public school superintendent had lectured the public about concerns over the transgender policy that they were getting ready to approve. This is what was on the agenda, transgender policy. And parents were there opposing it, and the school educrats were saying, you stupid people, listen, Trumpkins, you don't know what you're talking about. All of your concerns are misplaced because the school system has no record whatsoever of any single solitary assault occurring in any school bathroom ever. And then a woman wearing a rainbow heart shirt, because of course, she's a left-wing community activist. And she told Mr. Smith that he was wrong. What was he wrong about? Because this is what prompted the raised voices, which then prompted the cops to put their hands on Mr. Smith, which then prompted him to rip his arm away from those hands, which then prompted the cops to take him down, drag him out, and for him to become the avatar of uh, the school board meetings. What was it that this rainbow heart shirt wearing leftist activist said to him? That he was wrong about. Well. Prior to this June meeting on the 22nd. A month earlier. May 28th. His daughter had been assaulted. In a bathroom. By a transgender individual. May 28th. Smith says. According to the dad, that a boy allegedly wearing a skirt entered a girl's bathroom at the high school and he sexually assaulted Smith's ninth grade daughter. Juvenile records are sealed, but his attorney, Elizabeth Lancaster, told the Daily Wire that a boy was charged with two counts of forcible sodomy, one case of, or one count of anal sodomy, one count of forcible fellatio related to an incident that day at the school. This is a serious attack that occurred. The suspect, juvenile court prosecutors had assured the dad here was being held responsible and he was on house arrest, confined to his mother's townhome. A conviction was expected on October 14th, likely in the form of some sort of a guilty plea, probably to a lesser sexual assault charge. But on October 6th, so six days ago, right? Six days ago, according to the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office, a 15-year-old was charged with sexual battery and abduction after police say he forced a girl into an empty classroom against her will 
and touched her inappropriately. The lawyer for the Smith family says that this suspect is the same person that allegedly attacked Smith's daughter. What was he doing back in a school? What's going on here? So that's the background for Mr. Smith, who appeared a month after his daughter was raped. He appears at the school board meeting, and he's sitting there and listening to this superintendent telling these parents to shut up that they don't have a single case anywhere of anything bad ever happening. So shut up and uh, just accept this policy on transgender, I assume, transgender uh, access to restrooms, that this is the policy that was up for debate. And the woman, the rainbow heart shirt wearing uh, woman, she told Smith she did not believe his daughter. That's what prompted him. He says his rage reached a boil. He had a heated exchange of words with that woman, a police officer there to keep the peace in the meeting, then comes over and pulls on his arm. Smith yanks his arm away, and before he knew it, he was hit in the face, handcuffed, and dragged across the floor with his pants pulled down. Images of the incident were splashed on televisions and newspapers across the world. Buta Bibaraj, the county's leftist elected prosecutor who has close ties to the school board's most leftist members appeared in court to personally prosecute this guy for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. This is, you do not see a prosecutor, any prosecutor, go in to court to prosecute a misdemeanor that this guy was charged with, first of all. Second of all, this leftist ran on a platform of not charging people for low-level crimes like misdemeanors. So in May, a girl at a Loudoun County High School is raped by a, an, a quote, trans student. Because I don't know if this you know person is actually identifying as trans or they're just using that as cover, whatever. I, it, but she was attacked by a, a boy wearing a skirt, supposedly got into the, I guess, the girl's restroom under this policy. So the dad goes to the school board meeting where they're debating transgender policy and they are told, the audience is told, he is told by the educrats there, uh, do not uh, mis- you know, uh, uh, mistake this policy for you know some sort of uh, cover for uh, attacks. We've had no attacks on anybody. This is ridiculous, and Dad knows this is not true, right? And then he is told by a leftist in the audience that uh, she doesn't believe his daughter that that actually occurred. He then begins yelling at her. They're yelling at each other. The cops come over, grab his arm. He pulls his arm away. They drag him to the ground, pull him out of the place, uh, and arrest him and charge him with um, disrupting a public meeting. Right? The prosecutor is a leftist. Her name is Buta Bibaraj. And... 
She has very close ties to the most left-wing members of the school board. And she ran on a platform of ending mass incarceration. But she went to court in order to keep him in jail for the misdemeanors. And by the way, she would have known about the case involving his daughter as the prosecutor. She would know this. She didn't care. She didn't care. He was originally told by the school, by the way, that his daughter uh, had been involved in an altercation in the bathroom with a male student. That's what they originally told the parents. The school district told the parents that it was an altercation and that the school was handling this in-house. And Mr. Smith, the dad, uh, proceeded to, quote, make a scene. He says any father would have done the same. He says, I went nuts. I called the principal a whole bunch of names. uh, And then they called the cops. They had like all these SWAT cars that showed up and all this, he says. And then, of course, the school district had to bring in counselors because there were kids that may have heard the yelling by the parent. Oh, my gosh, we... Don't need them to be resilient adults, so let's just have them completely cave in at the sign of any kind of arguing. I am and like I'm half joking here, but seriously, they did bring in counselors. And you seriously are not preparing children for adulthood by not teaching them resilience. You're you're yeah, it's like you're crippling them emotionally. But I digress. He says, thank God that I drew enough attention to it without getting arrested uh, that we got an escort to the hospital because all the cops showed up. They end up getting an escort to the hospital and the hospital uh, administers the rape kit that night. And that's how they ended up getting it into the criminal justice system, because if it was up to the school district, it would have stayed in-house. Do you think the parents here? have a reason to be just a little bit upset with Loudoun County Schools up in Virginia. Skipping ahead here, um, Loudoun County has basically become the avatar of the social instability brought by the politicization of schools. He says, this much you may know already, infamously, after far left board, a far left board member was elected in 2019, she lashed out at parents who disagreed with progressive and teacher union backed policies so often and with such venom that her peers, most of whom agreed with her views, censured her and stripped her of her committee assignments. Do you remember this story? This was over the uh, vaccines and the like. This is, it has been ground zero. So she then goes to a Facebook group that was officially known as the anti-racist parents of Loudoun County. Critics, their opponents would call it the, Chardonnay Antifa, (laughs) populated by other progressive government officials and teachers, a small but highly engaged faction of activist-minded community members. One of them wrote, quote, I'm losing any hope that remaining civil towards these people changes anything. Avoiding these people isn't enough to stop the spread of their evil rhetoric. This is inside the left-wing Facebook group populated by the school board members of Loudoun County, and the prosecutor. She was in there, too. Yeah. Um, This was, remember, she was uh, part of this group that um, 
wanted to identify the parents who were pushing back against the vaccines, about, uh, pushing back against, or I'm sorry, uh, about the masks, pushing back against critical race theory, right? And she said, hey, can anybody hack into their group and get their names? You remember this story? Yeah, they, there was a call out to hack the parents who were questioning school board policies and to, quote, expose these people publicly. They made up lists of parents who posed a risk to their school policy agenda. They gave uh, spouses names, areas of residence, employers. Less understood until now, though, is that these initiatives were not necessarily limited to behind a keyboard. A frequent participant in the group was a woman named Jackie Schwarm. Very fitting. Does anyone have a list of the parents who organize against the diversity library books? Schwarm posted. Schwarm volunteered to help Hillary Holtman Lee, a former teacher turned ringleader of the crusade, to find information about parents who disagree with school policies. Schwarm was at the meeting, the school board meeting that Smith got arrested at. She was wearing the rainbow shirt. She was a Girl Scout troop leader. And she had a daughter that Smith's wife had mentored. Schwarm sought out the Smiths in the crowd and demanded to know which side were they on. And then she berated them saying they were wrong. Scott Smith turns to his wife and says, who is this? And his wife, Jess, responds, I thought she was my friend. Smith tries to tell Schwarm what happened to his daughter. She looks me dead in the eyes and says, that's not what happened. Schwarm noticed that Smith was wearing a shirt with the name of his plumbing business on it. And she says, oh, I'm going to ruin your business now on social media. He called her a female dog name and a police officer monitoring the tension filled exchange then pulled on Smith's arm, leading to his arrest. And Smith's wife the whole time is screaming, my child was raped at school and this is what happens. So these are the domestic terrorists that Merrick Garland and the DOJ is going after. We'll get into more details up next.